goal achievers, I have a very exciting announcement for you. The dates and location have been set for the first ever Miracle Morning Experience live event. That's right. Go to MiracleMorning.com forward slash events to get all the details and to apply for a spot. And when I say apply for a spot, I mean that very sincerely. Uh, We'll have probably 10,000 people plus apply. It is narrowed down or it is limited to 200 individuals. And the reason is this event will be unlike any event in history in that every person there will be working together to literally create history by planning the future of the Miracle Morning movement. So every morning, we'll start by experiencing guided Miracle Morning sessions to deepen and expand your abilities to benefit from the Savers practices, silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, scribing. We'll have world-renowned experts in each of these areas to take your Miracle Morning to a whole new level. And then during the afternoon is where the collaborative part happens. You'll connect and collaborate with hundreds of like-minded Miracle Morning practitioners to brainstorm, plan, and execute the future of the Miracle Morning Movement. How will we continue to change millions of lives one morning at a time? You'll be a part of the future. And then every evening we'll celebrate together. Uh, Not too late, of course. You know, we have to be up early. But uh, everything from helping to guide the vision for the Miracle Morning movie that we're, we're filming right now to initiatives that you literally create right there in the room that I don't even know about, right? They'll be created collectively by the brilliance that uh, comes together this June in the middle of the United States. Uh, Again, go to miraclemorning.com forward slash events for all of the details. And I cannot wait to see you at the Miracle Morning Experience live event. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast with Hal Elrod. I'm your host, Nick Polkuski, and you're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you take your life to the next level faster than you ever thought possible. In each episode, you will learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals that most haven't. He is the author of the number one best-selling book, The Miracle Morning, a Hall of Fame business achiever, an international keynote speaker, ultra-marathon runner, and the founder of VIPSuccessCoaching.com, Mr. Hal Elrod. All right, goal achievers, welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your friend and host, Hal Elrod, and uh, I'm pumped for today. This is an interesting topic we've never covered on the podcast with uh, who has really become the leading expert in the topic, and that topic is ADHD. Um, whether or not you believe in the disorder or the diagnosis, if you think it's made up, um, regardless, uh, the uh, you know I think that it's 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 something that I've been diagnosed with, um, and I have my own opinions on you know the diagnosis and and the disorder. Um, I have there's a quote I have floating around online that says I think that ADHD and creativity are pretty much the same thing because it takes a mind wandering to stumble upon great ideas. And, uh, and then I had a snarky follow-up comment to that, which is they, they just can't prescribe drugs for creativity. So <laughs> they need a name for it, right? Um, but, uh, but today's uh, guest is Peter Shankman. And Peter Shankman actually blames ADHD for most of his success. He is best known for founding Help a Repar- Reporter Out, uh, aka Haro, 
and he's the founder and CEO of the Geek Factory Inc., which is a boutique social media marketing and customer service strategy firm located in New York City. And I got to spend time with Peter. We met in the Philippines. Uh, we were both speaking at Tropical Think Tank a couple of months ago. Well, he just attended the first ever Miracle Morning Design Summit and a really fascinating individual. And, and Peter, he spends most of his time on the road keynoting corporate events for clients, including American Express, Sheraton, Saudi Aramco, if I'm saying that right, Cisco, um, SAP, Sprint, the U.S. Department of Defense, Walt Disney World, and many more. He is one of the best speakers I've ever seen. And and get this, in his spare time, the little that he has, he is a NASA advisory board member, an angel investor in multiple startups, sub four marathon runner, Iron Man, and B licensed skydiver. And this to me is fascinating. In fact, I think I'm going to start with a question about this. But uh, a tweet of his was voted one of the top 10 tweets of 2011 by ABC News and Twitter. And uh, finally, he recently authored the best selling book, Zombie Loyalists using great service to create rabid fans. And Peter lives in New York City with his beautiful wife and daughter and their two psychotic cats. You can check him out at Shankman, S-H-A-N-K, man, shankman.com, and uh, on Twitter, at Peter Shankman. Peter, my friend, thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure is mine. That was quite the uh, introduction. Yeah, no, your mom shot it over earlier <laughs> today, right? And she said, make sure you read this word for word, son. I said, all right, whatever you say, Mr. Shankman. So, so I, first, yeah, my first question, man, I got to know, what, what did the tweet say that was voted one of the top 10 tweets of 2011 by ABC News and Twitter? Crazy story. It said, um, hey, Morton Steakhouse, um, I'm starving. Why don't you meet me when I land at Newark Airport with a porterhouse in three hours? Ha, ha, ha. And I sent it the same way you'd tweet like, hey, winter, please stop snowing. <laughs> but someone at Morton's corporate saw it and I landed and found my driver and staying next to my driver was a uh, – a, a waiter in a, with a Morton's in a, in a tuxedo carrying a Morton's bag. Wow! And, uh, they had a, a, a porterhouse and some like a potato and sh jumbo shrimp and all that. And I, I uh, took a picture and I got home and I, I wrote a blog post about it. And uh, two days later, the CEO of Morton's is on the Today Show talking about uh, their incredible customer service. It was totally unplanned. I mean, literally, I didn't expect anything from it. So it was just it was hysterical. But it brings up the bigger picture. You know, Morton's is great at doing that. Um, Morton's is great at, at creating a great experience for you wherever you go. You know, if they sent me a steak to the airport and then you went there and your steak was cold, you know, at the restaurant, how pissed off would you be, right? So they're actually really good at creating an amazing experience for everyone, not just some guy who happens to tweet at the airport. That is, you seem to attract or really create these experiences like that unintentional because there was another story you told me that I or that I heard you share maybe from the stage but about a video that you created uh, which is hilarious and you created this video with like again no intention of it doing anything and it was about being a marathon runner right and and uh, or an Ironman and, and an the, Ironman, yeah. right and the, this woman is asking this guy to hang out he goes I can't I'm training for my Ironman and it was just it was hilarious <laughs> but Lance Armstrong shared that or tweeted that and now it's been viewed how many tell us that story like that that it's just fascinating yeah i so i, I did an iron man and uh in my training i was dating this woman she was a uh, still is six foot tall pilates instructor and six foot tall blonde pilates instructors are very much used to getting their way and so <laughs> when i couldn't have dinner because i had to like go to sleep because i had to get up at like three in the morning or whatever four in the morning to train she uh never got that or, or i couldn't go to brunch with her and her friends because i was always like you know training and um so after the Ironman, we, we broke up and then uh, I made this video. You know, it's like what it's like to talk to someone who doesn't train when you are. And 
yeah, I just sent it to some friends, and it, it, it sort of just blew up and, and has a couple million views now. Uh, Lance Armstrong found it. He <laughs> tweeted it out. You know what I think it is, though? Honestly, at the end of the day, I just like having fun. Yeah. I just like having fun. I never really – I don't really think about, you know, oh, well, what if someone thinks this is bad? Or, you know, I just tend to just do stuff, and I'm very fortunate in that, in that it's a lot of fun, and, and sometimes you do enough stuff, things, you know, go in your favor once in a while. It's like what did – um. Was it Babe Ruth? Uh, he was the, he was the home run king, but also the strikeout king. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm just a big a big believer in that. You know, just having a good time. The more shots you take, and, and just coming from a place of on the, you know, it's your personality, right? You just you wear your personality on your sleeve, and it's fun and it's entertaining, and you know, and and uh, some people I'm sure are turned off by it. And, you I don't know. know who else I could be, right? Right, exactly. No, but and you know, to your point though, I, I would imagine of that one tweet that was voted the top, you know, one of the top ten tweets of 2011. Uh, you know, you had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tweets that nobody gave a, a shit about, right? Like, you know, so. and they still do. You know, <laughs> I tweeted about this this morning. I think you know, doubt anyone saw them. It, it, yeah. But again, it's just, it's just, it's fun, and I think that if you're having fun, then it's never a waste. Yeah, that's it, man. No, that, that's right. That, like the essence of life is to me to enjoy every moment. Like, what else? What else is the point? You know. Amen. Amen. Cool. Um. So uh, the one other question I had to ask you, and uh, you, you, there's this, this is kind of an interesting start to the podcast. We're going all over the place, which is great. ADHD, right? Um. Mm-hmm. But uh, where can people find your shirt? I recently, when I met you, you had just launched this shirt. Uh, it said the Entrepreneur Life. I've got 99 problems, but a boss ain't one. Uh, I, I I have that shirt. I bought it. I have it. I love it. I like haven't worn it yet. It's one of those shirts where I'm like saving it for the right <laughs> occasion. You know, like it's black. I don't want it to fade. Right. Um, so where is that shirt still available? Can people get yeah. that? If, if yeah, I think that, you know, I did a Teespring just for fun. Uh, again, you know, my my life. Yeah. And I think that uh, I think that if Teespring gets enough requests, like they'll they'll email me and I can I can reissue it. So yeah, it's at uh, Teespring.com/slash/thugentrepreneur. One word. <laughs> uh, as you know, that sounds like fun. So, thug entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're 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 totally a thug. So, <laughs> um, cool, man. So, uh, let's let's dive in uh, to where you know where we're going. Like, why don't well, let's just start with you telling us about what you're working on because this is really what you know led us or. I, I became fascinated and I said, I got to have you on the show. You know, I would imagine that a large percentage of our audience members uh, have either been diagnosed with ADHD uh, or they never have, but paying attention is a challenge. And, you know, they've maybe suspected that that might be something they could be diagnosed with, or just, again, it's uh, the attention span of, of today's human beings, period, uh, is not quite what it was years ago. And that's been conditioned by media and all sorts of the technology and all of that. Um, talk about, so you're, your, your new podcast is Faster Than Normal, uh-huh. and it's your website, fasterthannormal.com, one of your websites. Yeah. Um, talk about that. Like, what, what, uh, yeah, I just, I, just, I, just, I just want, you can riff on it as long as you want. I just want to hear, like, why did you, how did you come up with that? Why did you come up with that? What are your thoughts on ADHD and, and the whole bit, man? Go for it. Yes, I mean, you know, long story short, I, I was, uh, I've always had ADHD. In a story of my life, I, I was, when I was a kid, though, I'm 43. When I was a kid in school, it didn't exist. It was called uh, Sit Down, You're Disrupting the Class. <laughs> yeah. you know, I assume that was my last name. Peter, Sit Down, You're Disrupting the Class. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was like, as I get older and I realized that this actually was a thing, um, you know, I was very thankful I never went on meds because for me, it was easy to be able to create uh, and be myself. And it wasn't easy per se. I mean, high school, junior high school kind of sucked because, you know, when you're different, especially in junior high, when you're different, that's wrong, you know, and, and I was different and it took a long time after school to realize that, that being different is actually okay. Um, the problem is, is that now that ADHD has sort of become a thing, you have every single 
kid, the second they show even the remotest sign of not being just like everyone else, you know, teachers, administrations, and school, they offer you, oh, he must, he's, he's not focused, he must have ADHD, put him on medication. And I'm sitting there going, well, you know, he's five years old. Maybe he's not focused because, you know, he's fucking five. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, maybe if you just let him run around um, a half an hour before school uh, or put him in a, uh, a desk with a bicycle attached to it so he could pedal and get his energy out, I just, you know, we're, I, I think that we're putting, we're, we're, we're looking at ADD as a negative and we're putting a lot of kids on meds that don't necessarily need it as opposed to looking at the positives. You, show me, tell me one person who created this world, who created America, who built this country, who founded companies. You got to be ADD and ADHD to, to do something like that, right? So all the creativity and all the amazingness that comes from ADHD, the, the mentality of of our country is to stifle it and to say, oh, no, no, you're different. Let's put you on a medication so you're like everyone else. And I, I just, I don't believe that. So I, I realized that my ADHD was a really, my success, you know, it wasn't entirely based on my ADHD, but it certainly had a lot to do with it. Being able to come up with great ideas and implement them and think differently and learn differently and all that stuff, um, you know, that's a huge reason for a lot of my success. And so I wanted to celebrate that. And so it occurred to me that the more people I talk to who also have been diagnosed with ADHD, that the, I, I'm finding that there are really these successful people everywhere. And then I realized that I was doing things which I thought were just random, but it turns out I was self-medicating, you know, skydiving, Ironman, marathons, um, all those types of things that, that I do um, turn out to be self-medication. You know, they, you do them because they, they either create some dopamine in your brain or they give you a better way to... Um, to um, uh, handle the different aspects of your life. And so what I realized that I couldn't be the only one doing it. And I decided to start a podcast. And so I launched this podcast about four months ago, five months ago called uh, Faster Than Normal. We're about 15 episodes now. We've interviewed um, everyone from like the CEO of DocuSign all the way to um, the chief of staff to the mayor of Boston. I mean like people with ADD and ADHD and we, we interview them for about 20, 25 minutes and ask them about their hacks and what they do to make this condition work for you. I'd, I, the, the, the premise behind ADD and ADHD for me is that it's a gift, it's not a curse, and we need to change the conversation about that. So that's what I'm focused on, on, on doing. And yeah, how would you define, by the way, you, you said you've interviewed everyone from you know, the President of the United States to blah, 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 to Hal Elrond, like you missed one <laughs> key influencer <laughs> that you want to... Well, your post hasn't gone live yet. As soon as it does, I'll uh, All right, all right, fair enough. Um, no, I'm kidding. But uh, so how would you define ADHD for someone that might not be intimately familiar with the condition? You know, that's not, they're like, you know, they're like, I focus like mad. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. So well, how would you define what is ADHD? For me, I think the best way to describe ADHD is, well, actually, you know what? I'm not going to describe it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my favorite quote hmm. on the entire thing. My favorite quote about ADHD comes from a gentleman by the name of Dr. Ned Hallowell. And Ned is probably the grandfather of attention deficit. Uh, he's written several books. The book that changed my life that he wrote was Delivered from Distraction. And the opening page of Delivered from Distraction says, having ADD or ADHD makes life paradoxical because you can super focus sometimes, but also space out when you least mean to. You can radiate confidence and also feel as insecure as a cat in a kennel. You could perform at the highest level feeling incompetent as you do so. You could be loved by many, but feel as if no one really likes you. You can absolutely, totally intend to do something and then forget to do it. You can have the greatest ideas in the world, but feel like you can't accomplish a thing. I read that like probably 10, 12 years ago. I literally started crying. Hmm. And it was like, oh my God, this is me. And so being able to sort of understand 
what ADD is and ADHD is, is great for people both who have it and both who don't. Um, you know, God help you if you don't have a good understanding of this disease and then you love someone who has it. It's going to be a very interesting life. Yeah. Um, your goal, the goal for me is to explain to people that it's, it's the equivalent of having a Ferrari. No one doesn't want to have a Ferrari, right? I've never met anyone who doesn't want to have a Ferrari, but we're all used to driving Hondas. Yeah. If you drive a Honda for five years and I give you a Ferrari and say, okay, go have fun, you're going to smack it into a tree. <laughs> you just don't know how to do it. Sure. You need to learn how to drive your Ferrari. Essentially, you need to learn how to drive your brain a different way. And, and the problem is, is that in work and environment and things like that, we still tend to teach and, 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 and work old school. And we need to sort of adapt to that as a society. So what are the, you know, you, you mentioned that you interview highly successful individuals that have ADHD uh, and you interview them to get, you know, the best tips and hacks that they've got on how to, you know, turn the, what would be considered a disorder into an advantage, if you will. So what are the most effective tips and hacks that you've learned interviewing so many people about this on how to, how to manage that condition and, and turn it into an advantage? Well, I think the number one thing, um, and this is what I've learned about from myself and also from, from other people, the number one thing... You have to set rituals, um, and you have to understand yourself. So what do I mean by rituals? Well, I have a um, closet that is full of T-shirts, um, both long sleeve and short sleeve, like four or five button-down shirts, two sport jackets, and like a suit that I keep in the corner. Um, that's it. And that's what I wear when I'm when I'm in the office or speaking on stage. It's you know a t-shirt, jeans, and shoes. When I am speaking on TV or in a very important meeting, it is a button-down shirt and shoes. And the reason being is because I don't have to think about anything else. I can get up, get dressed, get out, and focus on other things. Um, if I had to sit there and say, well, oh, I should maybe wear that sweater. I remember that sweater. Laura gave me that sweater. You know, hmm. I, should, I wonder how she's – let me look her up on fa- – oh, Facebook. Wow, <laughs> oh, and there's my cat. I should really brush my cat. It's been – next thing it's six hours, I haven't left the house. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, you know, I do – I set rituals to myself. I don't I, – I sleep in my gym clothes. Nice. Okay, so I had a 3 a.m. run this morning with um, my other – my friend David, who's um, a teacher, and the only time we could do our long runs together, we're, we're both the Ironman. The only time we do our long runs together is, is – uh, during the week is super early because he has to go to work. And so we meet at 3 a.m. And uh, we run for two hours. And we, we ran 11 miles this morning. I slept in my gym clothes. I woke up at like 3.05. Um, met him downstairs. You know, he was meeting me at 3.15. Woke up at 3.05, brushed my teeth. I was already dressed. All I had to do was put on my sneakers and I was out the door. And so creating those rituals and creating situations where you don't have to think is, for me, the best way to 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 manage and 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 utilize or structure um, my ADD and my ADHD. I think that, you know, having, and also, also knowing yourself, you know, to thine own self be true. Um, my speaking contract, and I speak all around the world, and my speaking contract in any city, anywhere in the world, says, I will speak, you pay me. It's literally about that simple. You pay for my travel and you pay me. I think my speaking, pay, my speaking contract is like two paragraphs. Except <laughs> in Las Vegas. Except in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, I have a writer that says, Client, a speaker does not have to be on the ground from wheels down to wheels up for more than eight hours. Because if I, let's say I have a 9 a.m. speech, that means I have to get there the night before. Yeah. So I'll take a 4 p.m. flight in. I'll, I'll land in Vegas around 7 p.m. I'll get to my hotel about 8. Um, well, shit, I'm in my hotel. It's 8 o'clock in Vegas. I can't go to sleep at 8 o'clock in Vegas. Well, I'll just <laughs> go downstairs for a half an hour. Next thing you know, it's 4 in the morning. Yeah. I'm at the blackjack table. 
And even if I haven't had a drink, like I used to drink, even if I don't drink anymore, it's just not a good place for me. Yeah. Learn yourself and don't let yourself get into situations like that. So if I'm keynoting in Vegas, it will be a 1230 keynote. And I will take a 6 a.m. flight in. I will land at 1030. I will go right to the keynote. I will speak. I'll be done at 1.30. I'll go back to the airport. I'll be on a, a 4.30 flight back to New York. So the worst that could possibly happen is maybe I'll blow 50 bucks at the slot machines in the airport. Got but it. that's it. Got it. So, so the first tip you gave is set rituals. And this is kind of, it sounds like setting boundaries, right? It's setting boundaries. It's, it's setting rituals. It's knowing yourself. You know, I'd, I'd say that, that, that it all comes down to knowing yourself and knowing what works for you. Um, you know, I've, I've said this publicly and I will, I'll say it again. I, I believe that in any given day, I am three bad decisions in a row away from being a junkie in the streets. Wow. And so because of that, and, and I, you know, I've never, I've never had a drug problem or anything like sure. that, but, but I'm well aware of how impulse control works. And I'm well aware that um, people with ADHD tend to have limited impulse control. And that's actually what helps us. It's what says, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to start a company tomorrow. Cool, done. You know, and, and, you know, in two years, I have a multi-million dollar company. Awesome. The flip side of that is impulse control, lack of impulse control is something that says, you know, hey, uh, let's go out and have a drink. And, you know, I, I don't drink. What, what I used to drink, I quit probably about seven months ago, eight months ago now. When I used to drink, it was the premise of... Um, What's that great line? I, I don't drink a lot, but when I drink, I drink a lot. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it became that sort of guy like, I drink water ridiculously fast. I drink tequila the same way I drink water. And it's not because <laughs> I'm trying to get drunk. It's just because, oh, it's in front of me. Finish it. Okay, next. Yeah. You know, yeah. the same way I eat pizza. I had a, I had a next door neighbor in this office park where I work here in, in Midtown Manhattan. And she came in a couple of months ago. She's like, hey, um, we had a meeting last night and we had, uh, we had pizza and there's some leftover pizza in the fridge. And I looked at her and I'm like, what the hell is leftover pizza? I'm like, what, that, what are you, a witch? That's like leftover wine. <laughs> that's not real. You know, <laughs> who the hell has leftover pizza? That's hilarious. Like in my world, that doesn't, those, that, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> uh. It's crazy. And you know, it's funny because you, you learn, the more I do this, the more I learn things about myself, about other people. The concept of, um, I find it very interesting when, you're, when, you're, when you live with someone or you're married to someone or you're dating someone who doesn't have ADHD because they don't understand you know, I, I will pick up, the, I will take out the trash tonight. There is no question I'm going to take out the trash tonight. I am definitely going to take out the trash tonight. Okay, here we go. Let's take out the trash. Oh, okay. oh it's 6 a.m. What a lovely say. Oh, shit, I forgot to take out the trash. Yeah. You know, and it's not it's how so I didn't intend to. It's the same principle like when I argue with my wife. Um, the number one thing someone with ADD needs is to, needs or needs to know is that they're being heard. Mm. Because if, I, if I'm being heard, I can cross off, I can checkbox that, that, Thing on my list. Okay, she heard my point. And then I can move on. I can't let the argument go. People with ADD can't let the argument go until they know they've been heard because they can't check it off. I was great at like, I was terrible at taking tests, but if you told me to memorize 10 things, then I, could, I didn't have to memorize them again. Done. Because I could check it off and it's gone. We, you know, as, as, as crazy and, and as wild as we are for ADD and ADHD, we also love rigidity and we love structure. We crave it. Yeah. Well, so okay. here's why I'm upset. Okay, I understand that. Great. Next topic. Let's go at pizza. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But if she does, but if she shuts down or she doesn't listen to me, she says, you know, does, and I, I sense that she's not hearing me. Well, forget it. It's yeah. That's great. I, I, talking to you, Peter, I feel so much better about myself. I'm like, <laughs> he gets me, Peter. Get, wow. It's, I'm not. I'm not the only one. That's why your podcast, I think, is gonna. You know, it's it's already it's number one in the category that it's in, and it's. I think it's just gonna keep climbing because there's you know so many people. I hope um, so. 
The be- now I wanted here's I want I wanted your take on an article that I recently was turned on to and I actually I posted on Facebook I tagged you in it just you know because you're you're the ADHD you know leading expert as I mentioned and it was um, an article on the in the Atlantic exercise is ADHD medication uh, and then it says that the tagline physical movement improves mental focus memory and cognitive flexibility new research shows just how critical it is to academic performance uh, the you're obviously an exercising machine you know um, so I wanted to hear your thoughts on and by the way if anybody is listening uh, or uh, <laughs> hopefully somebody's if listening, listening. <laughs> if there's anyone out there uh, no if uh, but those of you that are listening uh go check that out just search exercise is adhd medication it's a great article to read um but uh but yeah i want to hear your thoughts on the the correlation between exercise and and using that as you know as as managing adhd yeah the scientific answer for that is duh (laughs) you know it's like uh, you know you know runner's high it's a real thing yeah there's a reason that we get high and we run because we're flooding our body with dopamine we're flooding our body with endorphins we're flooding our body with serotonin all that shit that we love adrenaline are you kidding me Live for that. Why do you think I started skydiving? I thought I started skydiving because it was fun. No, I started skydiving because it was a drug. Yeah. I have 400 jumps and you've never, you've never seen anyone land from a skydive and not be just ridiculously happy. You're never going to see a sad skydiver. Okay. Wow. You land from there and be like, <laughs> you know, and you're also focused as hell. There's no question that, that, that the things we used to do, if you look back to like the days of the, the cavemen, adrenaline, dopamine, serotonin, all that stuff, it was given to us by our brains mostly to keep us from becoming tiger food, hmm. right? Like we'd hear, we'd hear a, a tiger roar, we'd hear a branch break at night and we would instinctively jump up. Our body would be flooded with chemicals that would do the following things. They would, it would make our, our pupils dilate so we could see better in the dark. It would divert more um, blood to our legs so we could run faster. Would, all this stuff and then, you know, we started sitting at computers 10 hours a day and we didn't get the same adrenaline you know addictions or whatever we, we needed those those same highs so what happened what well, we started getting jumpy you know oh can't focus can't pay attention it's because our bodies are looking for that high our bodies are millions of years wired to, to get that high so what helps you get that high exercise hmm. you know you i guarantee you you give you take a bunch of kindergarten kids and you let them run around outside for the first 30 minutes of their school day, I guarantee you, minimum 50% of the kids that are on medication will be off it within a month. Wow. And it's, you know, studies have shown this. I have like back, I have backup studies on this from the CDC, for God's sake. You know, it's just, it's obscene. And, you know, why is our first reaction, hey, let's throw them on medication? Why isn't our first reaction, let's get them outside. Let's get them running around. You know, we're trying to make five-year-olds act like 55-year-olds. And so we medicate them. I'm like, they're five. Yeah. They're 10. They're 12. And I guarantee you, what do they do? Think about it. They wake up. They go to the kitchen. They have three bowls of super sugar, you know, <laughs> what, 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 was, what was the Calvin and Hobbes cereal? Chocolate frosted sugar bombs. <laughs> the cereal Calvin always used to eat. Calvin. And then they, go, then they go to school. They crash. Where all the carbs and the sugar crash like around 1030 a.m. You wonder why they're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no exercise, right? They're cutting exercise I mean, out of school. No exercise. I mean, you of all people. I mean, God, you, you fed us. You've actually really good steel cut oats, uh, silk and <laughs> almond milk. It's yeah. actually really good. Yeah, it's good. Okay, huh? why can't we feed that to our kids? And I know why because it's a hell of a lot cheaper to buy a pack of you know a box of sugar frosted ch- chocolate bombs or whatever. But but the fact of the matter is is that if we just change what we're eating and we we exercise a little bit, 
I mean, I have, I don't have the proof to back this claim up, but I I, I believe that if if we if all of America lost ten pounds, you know, we'd probably drop like eighty percent of the medicines we're on. It's just amazing. Yeah. You know, what's the great line I once heard? Um, a uh, a headache. Having a headache doesn't mean you have an aspirin deficiency. <laughs> nice. You know? That's so. great. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think, I just think especially like I, I, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 25. So it's kind of similar to you. Uh, in school, I was just, you know, acting up and not focused and not paying attention and, and all of that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but the idea that, you know, to get on medic, because here's the problem. If you put somebody on medication when they're young because they can't pay attention in class, um, right, that creates a limiting belief within that young child. Or this is my opinion. I'm not, you know, but while their mind is developing and they're going, oh, I can't. I'm not normal. I can't function without my medication, right? Where and is that true? Maybe, maybe not. But but now they've got this potentially lifelong limiting belief, well, right? My doctor said something really interesting to me. He said, um, you know, because I take Concerta occasionally. I don't take it every day, but I take it when. So I don't take it when I speak. Sure. Or when I go on TV or whatever, because that's that's a natural high. Yeah. I take it. Uh, if I have to, I call it my expense report medication. If I have to do my expense reports, my assistant's sitting there and she's like, do them today or you're not going to get paid. <laughs> okay, it's boring. Let me find everything. Then I'll take it and it'll give me that, you know, yeah. uh, 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 concentration, that focus. But, you know, my doctor said something interesting. He goes, ask yourself, do you want to be on this in 20 years when you're 60? You know, when you're 63, when you're 73, do you still want to be taking um, methamphetamines, essentially? Yeah. In 20 years, he goes, and what else are you learning about how to deal with your ADHD so you won't need to take it. Um, for me, I think that's a, that's a ridiculously smart statement because if we're putting the kids on a five, you know, that's it. That's all they're going to know. That's their life is going to be known about taking a drug before they, you know, the second they wake up. And who, who wants that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely, completely agree. Um, and, and to your point, I mean, I think that, you know, most, most of our diseases that we suffer from or that we prescribe medication for can be cured by diet and exercise. No you question know? about it. You know, I, I always, there's a, this great joke, the, um, what's the top, top 20, uh, what the hell is it? Um, oh, 80, 80 year study. Like it was like USA Today in like the year 2080. It was like a hundred year study or whatever confirms key to losing weight, diet and exercise. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious um i uh i think that if you know if, like for what you've what you're focusing on with this whole faster than normal.com and the podcast i mean i think that there's a bigger implication of just empowering people with any you know limiting belief or condition or disorder um going well right before there was medication there were people that were thriving in the mid you know even with what what are you know what now people prescribe or doctors prescribe things for but like you said before there was a name for it you know it wasn't it wasn't a name it was like oh you have trouble focusing so then you're like oh well i gotta figure out how to focus right if i if i eat really well like i know for me if and everyone listening can relate to this um if anyone's listening everyone listening can relate to this which is uh if you eat a large meal you want to take a nap uh-huh. <laughs> your motivation is gone your focus is gone and why because all the blood is out of being sucked out of your brain and it's going into digest your stomach right that's why thanksgiving everybody after so that's what we do every day though right we eat big meal 
tired, big meal. Like people wonder why, you know, five hour energy has that commercial on, uh, or their commercials. Like, you know, ever get, you know, like the after lunch crash. It's like, dude, you just ate a huge freaking chicken sandwich, you know, bleached flour, right? Hormone infested chicken. Like, and you're wondering why, and then you drink a soda and you're wondering why you're tired an hour later. <laughs> well, you know what always kills me? It's like, and you know this, cause we all speak, we speak at the same conference. It's like, you go to the conferences and you're there and you know, the breakfast they see, so everyone's been out drinking the night before, right? And so you come in, and then the the the, the breakfast is like nothing but carbs, yeah. nothing but carbs, right? Yeah. And then you go, and then by ten thirty, they're like falling asleep on the speaker. And it's like, well, maybe if you gave them a hard boiled egg or something, yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's why I have, I have, I keep, you know, keep these all these organic, you know, raw vegan snacks with me at all times. Yeah. Like I, I have all my own food, you know, and I, you've seen me walk, I walk around with that big computer, but people go, why do you carry that? What is in there? And I'm like, well, first food. of all, an entire <laughs> buffet of healthy food <laughs> that, you know, so I never have to eat what's on the airplane or what's in the hotel or whatever. Um, so I, I want to ask you this and we'll, we're, uh, you know, we're getting toward the end. I want to wrap up here, but I, I have to ask you this and you mentioned this in passing, but I, I already know it. So our audience may not have even caught this, but you wake up every day at, is it 3.30 a.m.? Am I correct? About 3.30, yeah. Three, three, somewhere between 3 and 4. Okay. And you're the, I think you might be the, the one of the only, if not the only other person, because that's my wake up time every day is 3.30 a.m. Uh, so I want to know, why do you wake up at 3.30 a.m.? And what is your morning ritual from 3.30 to, let's say, 8 a.m.? Well, it has to start with working out. So it's, it's working out a couple of ways. It's, it's either my going to... Um, the gym, as soon as it opens, I'm part of what we call a door club, which is the people waiting at the door at 5.30 in the morning for, them, <laughs> for the guy to come in and like say, okay, come on in. Nice. Um, he hates us. And then, uh, or I'm out a few times a week um, at around 3.15, 3.20 with my best friend David, and we do runs. This morning, we, like I said, we did an 11-mile run um, uh, around Manhattan, which is great because, you know, not necessarily what I do by myself all the time, but doing it with, uh, doing it with someone else, um, A, makes it a lot uh, more fun, and B, a lot safer. So... First thing I do is exercise. Um, I'm a huge fan of going from hot to cold, so I'll take a hot, ridiculous hot shower, and the last minute will be ice cold. Um, wakes me up, makes my my uh, muscles happy. There'll be some stretching at some point in there. Um, I try to make my daughter breakfast, even if I'm not there to ha- when she wakes up to eat it. Uh, I'll try to put something in the fridge, um, either pancakes or fruit or whatever. Um, and then I'm usually in the office by like 7.30, 7, 15, 7.30. Um, and again, even though I work in an office with a door that closes and it's my own office because I'm in one of those uh, Regis spaces, it's just so nice to get in here and go head down for three hours without getting interrupted, without being bothered. You know, I look up, it's 1030. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. Just got a lot of stuff done. So for me, that's really the, the rituals that I have every morning. Occasionally, once a week, once every two weeks, I'll stop by Temple in the morning, um, I, was, I never grew up super orthodox or anything like that. I grew up a conservative New York City Jew. But um, <laughs> several years ago, my grandmother passed away, and I wound up going to a temple to say Kaddish Rehara, and I kind of liked it. So I go oh, once every couple of weeks for morning service. funny thing about morning services in New York City is that um, it, I, I go to a, t- a synagogue called the Garment Center. Synagogue is right near my office, and it's like all the people in the Shemata business. So basically, every, like 15 guys are there. They're all like twice as old as me, and they're all like on their, on their Blackberries and iPhones. Um, it, it's hysterical, but it's a nice, <laughs> nice thing to do once every, every once in a while. And then, um, yeah, that's usually my morning. Cool. Cool. Very cool. And, and there's some, you know, the, I love the exercises is, is, is the crucial part of it. In fact, I, I, why don't you share with the, uh, our audience, if they're not familiar with you and your work, one of the most notable goals you've achieved, I, I would imagine, 
um, I'm assuming, so I, I don't know for sure, but, but, but per, you know, you, you've lost a significant amount of weight after being heavy for, uh, you know, I don't know how many years you were heavy, but if you just, if you could share that real quick, what, uh, you know, how much yeah, weight you've I was, lost. I was the one fat Ironman triathlete you'll ever meet in your life. Um, <laughs> oh, you were competing back then. Oh yeah. I actually did an Ironman and finished it. Uh, and I was probably a good 30 pounds overweight. Wow. Uh, you know, and it's like, i my favorite story about that is I was, I was, uh, you know, when when you're training in New York, you wear a wetsuit because the, the outdoor, outdoor water is cold. And of course, the number one wetsuit is made by a company called Orca. So here I am with a <laughs> wetsuit named with a giant word Orca spread across my chest. That that made me feel uh, great. And then of course, I'm nice. I'm uh, I, sport beans. They make the jelly bellies. Uh, they make endurance like training jelly beans. And uh, they sent me a shirt to wear during the race. They're like, oh, you know, we love Harrow. We love what you build. Wear this shirt. And I'm wearing the shirt in this. I'm waiting by the start line. This guy comes up to me. This German guy. And he's obviously. Uh, He's obviously a um, uh, pro and like an you know pro athlete because he's like ah oh, I see you are a sponsored athlete and like he's wearing a shirt that says Cervelo like the fastest triathlon bike in the world I'm like well no I mean they gave me the shirt he's like are you hoping to place I'm like sir um, you are I could tell because your shirt is you're wearing a shirt you know and you're sponsored by the the fastest triathlon bike in the world sir if you look at my shirt you know it's not sponsored by fucking candy. <laughs> I'm just hoping to finish and not die. You know, is it? <laughs> but yeah, long story short, I woke up um, probably about seven or eight months ago and I just, you know, I had a kid and I'm not blaming, I'm not making any excuses, but I had a kid and I just put things on the wayside. It's all about priorities. And so I woke up, I'm like, this needs to change. I look like shit. I feel like shit. I, I hate this. I want to move on. And I decided to go back to eating clean and I decided to go back to lifting and back to cardio. And more importantly, I quit drinking and wow. all those things together, I took about 40 pounds and, wow. um, Feeling great, feeling happy, feeling fast, uh, faster. Yeah. Um, I've set up myself for like the next seven or eight races, a New York City triathlon this summer, the Atlantic City Half Ironman, New York City Marathon. So feeling good. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you really want to um, – you can't help anyone else until you help yourself. I run a mastermind group with 150 people in it. And since I started dropping the weight, I have not only seen the number of people in the mastermind double because of my efforts, but um, – I've just been so much more active in the group and helping people that it's just pretty awesome. And so I'm, 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 I'm pretty happy. Wow. Wow. That, that's so cool. Congratulations, Peter. I mean, really, really great to see. Thanks. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't realize how, uh, when I saw, met you in person and I'd followed your work, but it had been so long. And then I, I Googled you and looked at an image. I'm like, Whoa, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the old Peter Shankman versus the new. Like that, that's I, amazing. Uh, I did a, I did a before and after photo next to each other. And, and a friend of mine said, wow, you, you, you spit yourself out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the, the old you could have eaten the new you yeah <laughs> exactly um all right so i want to ask you one last question to wrap this up uh you've accomplished you know a lot of incredible goals from building harrow and selling it and you know i mean your your websites and your speaking careers unpaired you know unparalleled it's your your media appearances uh if anybody goes to youtube and types in peter shankman you know you'll you'll see him on every tv show you can imagine from cnbc you name it so here's my question for you is of all the goals you've achieved what is the one that you are most proud of and why I think I, so. I, it's hard to answer that. So obviously, starting and selling a company, uh, starting help a reporter out, sort of literally single-handedly changing how journalists and sources connect was, is pretty cool. Um, and I'll, I'll always be amazed by that. But um, I received an email. I've received a bunch of emails in the past several months from faster than normal listeners. Uh, oh my God! It's so great to meet someone else who. It's so nice to know that I'm not the only one who's who's weird. It's so nice to know that I'm not that different. That that it's nice to see people successful. Thank you so much for doing this you know, from high school kids, from parents, from 
I mean, knowing that I'm helping people is just, it's just pretty freaking awesome. And then, um, finally, I mean, just having a three-year-old, um, and, and, and seeing her grow and do amazing things. Uh, we had a tea party last night and, uh, she, I'm like, do you want to invite someone? Do you want to invite your animals? She's like, yeah, I'll invite Curious George and I'll invite <laughs> Olaf from, from Frozen. And then she picks up, she has this imaginary cell phone that one of my, my in-laws bought her because, you know, that's exactly what she needs is a toy that makes a lot of noise that reminds her of, you know, <laughs> cell phones. Um, and yeah. she picks it up and she dials and she asks for her best friend, like her best friend, this kid named Parker, who, who's a boy, um, who hugs her a lot, which I hate. And um, <laughs> she goes, hello, Parker, I'm having a tea party. Will you come? And she hangs the phone later and she looks at me and goes, he'll come. And she just looked at me like this, like, she said it with like this, this self-assuredness. I'm like, I am so screwed. And Parker, forget it. He might as well just kill himself now because it, <laughs> he, he's, you know, it's just hysterical how, how, um, to watch this thing become a sentient being yeah, is, is and know that I had, uh, according to my wife, a good 20 seconds, uh, to do with that. <laughs> it's, Love it's, pretty, it. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you're a real triathlete in the bedroom. <laughs> um, an Iron Man. But uh, that's great, man. No, that that's cool. Yeah, you and I, you know, you. I have no doubt that that how true that is because the first thing you, you know, when we met, I see, I saw you working in the Philippines. At you know, you were at the, uh, you know, on the beach on your laptop doing some work, and I went up and like the first thing you did is bust out your phone and show me your adorable daughter. You know. <laughs> And of course, yeah, I, you know, I, guy. sorry about that. <laughs> no, I love it. No, I countered with showing you my adorable daughter and yep. son, right? I mean, yeah, so, uh, no, really cool. Well, Peter, man, I, I appreciate you, man. I'm really grateful for the work that you are doing in the world. And, and for anybody listening, if you're not, uh, you know, if you're going, well, this doesn't apply to me, I don't have ADHD. Uh, if you know anyone that has ADHD, turn them on to fasterthannormal.com, turn them on to Peter's podcast. Um, Peter, is there any, anywhere else uh, on, on the interwebs for people to connect with you that you'd recommend? Yeah, I mean, they, you know, shankman.com has my life, and then my mastermind is shankminds.com. Um, mm. And I'm at Peter Shankman on all the socials, and I answer all my emails personally. So I'm yeah. always happy to chat with anyone. Yeah, you do, and I don't know how you keep up with it, but you got to teach me. That's a <laughs> separate, separate call for that. But uh, cool, brother. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners, you guys and gals rock. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for spending, uh, what are we at, 39 minutes with Peter and I. Uh, We really, really, really appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. So now we want to know what were your big takeaways from this episode. Simply head on over to hellelroad.com slash 126 for episode number 126. Just leave a comment there on the show notes page, letting us know your big takeaways. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by going to hellhour.com slash iTunes, clicking the little subscribe button, and then if you would, please leave a rating and review. Rating and reviews truly are the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because they help more people find out about the podcast and decide if this is the one for them. Well, all right. Now, until next week, it's time for you to go out there, take action, and achieve your goals.
If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need yourpodcastguru.com, where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.